This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. We're in the backyard. It's thrilling. I'm always thrilled to be in the backyard. And so, you know, as usual, I'm going to just say up top, I actually do think the audio quality is better than when it's on Zoom, so I'm not going to hear any complaints. Uh, We're in person. It's such a rare opportunity to be in person recording a podcast at this point. And it always sets my heart racing. I've also had about 30 ounces so far of cold brew. Um, I'm on my second cup. So whatever's happening for the next hour or so is not my responsibility. It's yours. Uh, I think we should get into it and try to get some get back on the on track here. Things are chaos is currently raining and we need to get the guest in so he can settle me down. I love today's guest, a dear friend, Jeff Loveness. Bridger. I am delighted to be here. I'm I'm here to kiss the ring of the king of radio. <laughs> the podcast where guys can be guys. Oh, at last. Yes. I see you going for Rogan's throne. I see you. I know this misinformation campaign you put out there. <laughs> well, when I lit your cigar, uh, then lit mine, we're both kind of smoking. I just thought... We're going to have an excellent time just uh, bullshitting. Just being, oh, just being guys. Can we say fuck? <laughs> we have uh, one fucking uh, okay. episode, so yours will be edited okay, out. Okay, yeah, of course. you got to save it for yours. <laughs> I mean, just to be at, you know, Weiniger Studios here, like just t- to be in person, going through three layers of security to get in. <laughs> You had to undress, you yeah. went through the metal detector, and then I had my team of security kind of dress you yeah. down. Is that Rush Limbaugh's gold microphone uh, that you have? <laughs> Are you recording through that? I dug it out of his grave. <laughs> uh, I am a grave robber. Jeff, you were going to be... Look, the podcast is now... How many years old? Two years old at this point. You were mm-hmm. going to be an early guest. I was, yeah, and we, I, I, uh, we had to cancel. We were jumping back and forth. Things popped up. We Feuds, ended up in a fight. F- friendships broke. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, and then I left the country for a year <laughs> because so, of aforementioned fight. Yeah, I had, I had to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Do not make an enemy, <laughs> But I, I feel the the distance has healed. I think so. Yeah, I've come back stronger. Uh, you found me weaker. Yeah, <laughs> That's, I've been putting lots of paint into your into your food. Uh, <laughs> um, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, I mean, like this is the first time off I've had in a long time, and I don't know what to do with myself. But I'm just watching a lot of very random movies and hanging out and letting the despair creep in bit by bit. But so I'm just watching. Clo- I'm talking to people about Closer a lot. You've mentioned Closer to me multiple times it's in the past two a weeks. Fantastic movie of people just being huge dicks to each other. It's great. What is? Tell me the exact plot of Closer. What is? That? Well, not the exact, but what's the general premise? I can picture the DVD yeah, cover yeah, in my yeah. mind. There are four horny freaks, <laughs> and they get off on just being brutally honest to each other, <laughs> to their face. 
And is it British freaks? Uh, it's, a, it's an international cast. Okay. Uh, there's Clive Owen. There's Jude Law. Like, you know, 2004 Jude Law. So right. he's riding high. Uh, then you got Natalie Portman. Right. I refuse to believe is an American, but I guess she is. <laughs> she doesn't wish she was. She has that impression <laughs> of like, she, if she could be like French, she would. Is Natalie Portman American born? Oh, maybe is not. Is, is Israeli as well? I feel like she's there's some oh, Israeli yeah, there. Yeah. Is there I not? Judged her. Yeah, yeah. And then Julia Roberts. Oh, excellent cast. Cementing the cast. Yeah, it's great. It's a Mike <laughs> Nichols movie. It's just incredible. Uh, I think after, like, <laughs> like, you just don't see a movie like that anymore. It's just like four adults talking about their love lives. It's embarrassing. <laughs> like, you're embarrassed for them. You're embarrassed for the characters. Yeah, they're just adults having, like, horny problems. <laughs> and Why are they not saving the world? I don't know. That's yeah, yeah. the big question. There should be a giant light that goes up sometime. <laughs> Over the skyline. Um, I uh, saw Natalie Portman a few years ago uh, at a local uh, taco establishment. S- completely starstruck. Well, this is a guy podcast. What was your approach? What oh, was your? Oh, I, you know, you- I, I thought of you know all of the YouTube videos I watch about the game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I watched up. To, I walked up to her. Told her she had a bad haircut. Uh, <laughs> uh, told her she could lose the kid. And uh-huh. She was there with her child. And good, uh, good, was, good. You know, then I asked her on a date, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, she quickly realized I'm gay. <laughs> she uh, from a mile away, she spotted it, but I continued to push because you know I'm trying to get back in the closet <laughs> and um unfortunately things did not work out as uh, as i had hoped typical yeah so i'm kind of you know it's a numbers out. game it's a numbers game <laughs> go up to any beautiful every beautiful celebrity you can and just <laughs> beg them to turn you back <laughs> please please i've got to be back in the closet mm. um event- eventually it will work i'm kind of you know prowling red carpets yeah, of course. uh just going to hollywood <laughs> nightclubs you would be take this the best possible way like you know that who's brian wilson's like lawyer or like uh, doctor that eugene like, landy it might be landy like you would be that's like your dream role <laughs> i think you need to really like slowly rasputin a celebrity <laughs> and like take over their finances <laughs> I would love nothing more than to suddenly be in a relationship with a woman way beyond my uh, category. Uh, Everyone knows I'm gay, but I'm like now in control of her purse strings. Like Terry Hatcher. (laughs) Take over Terry Hatcher's life. (laughs) Suddenly we're on Us Weekly. Mm. Uh, Terry's new man. And you're just slowly creeping more and more into the center of the magazine (laughs) shoots. (laughs) Clearly spending all of her money on surgery. My face is just (laughs) ravaged. My clothing is so expensive. Um, And then and you can tell that she hasn't slept in weeks. But Terry understands the arrangement. This is not new to her. (laughs) That's the goal. That's the that's the retirement plan, I would say. (laughs) And well, I mean, yeah, I've I'm gone for a year and you were the king of radio. <laughs> I, like, I've caught you on like the Fresno Valley radio coming in. <laughs> Soundboards. I've been slowly, you know, well, I wouldn't say slowly. I would say I was probably one of the first to kind of be out there saying, don't get vaccinated. Yeah, of course. Don't believe your doctors. Um, and it's it's paid off in spades. I'd yeah. say I've yeah, got. Yeah. Uh, contractually, I've got a $90 million uh, <laughs> locked in. Uh, I've got an exclusive deal with one of the biggest streaming services, and they are begging me to continue to just kind of spread misinformation. Good, good. Uh, I won't say which one, uh, but uh, I will say Scandinavian uh, shareholders, a lot of Scandinavian okay, shareholders. Okay. Um, but you were, as we said before, out of the country for a year. That wasn't a lie. You were in... Uh, London, yeah, London, England, England. yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. familiar. Uh huh. It's uh, if the listener is not familiar, you can Google. Uh, But you went to England with a mission. Yes, you were going to. I was there on. I was doing a movie, (laughs) a feature film. (laughs) I was. I wrote. Ant-Man 3. That's right. And I was not going to drop that for anything. I had to be there to see the. It's kind of my Fitzcarraldo. <laughs> I had to really go down with the ship. I I do like that at this point in the podcast, the listener may be very confused. They may think that you're making this up. No, no. Oh, sorry. They're right. They're confused. The full title is Ant-Man and the Wasp 
colon quantum mania. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is actually true, which yes, is very yeah. exciting. No, it was weird. Like I, uh, it, I, I had a very strange COVID period. Cause like, I think I, it was one of those just random things. I was driving into Rick and Morty and I got a call uh, to be like, Hey, can you get to Marvel? I'm like, ah, sure. Like what? I didn't know what it was about. And then like I did the interview and all that. And like you, you, I, it was a very, I feel like something was going wrong behind the scenes. <laughs> or like they needed someone fast. Like I got the job, I think, later that day. I'm like, I didn't do that good of a job. Oh, like, that, okay. Well, listener, you should know. I was a fall guy. Jeff Loveness <laughs> is lying here. And well, he's not lying. He's being extremely modest. There's no one more qualified to write a movie than Jeff Loveness. Oh, well, that's, yeah, very nice. But... That said, I will say earlier that afternoon, I had been at Marvel headquarters <laughs> sweating, pitching my version of this movie. I was saying to them, I was saying, look, I've got debts I have to pay off. I have a family to feed. Give me the opportunity. And then we crossed paths on the way out yeah, of the studio. Of you had just gotten out of your Corvette. And I don't want to say you were trying to ice me, but <laughs> I wouldn't say it was cordial on the way in. <laughs> well, uh, I was in a bad place. You know what you said to me? It was... <laughs> I, I said, good luck, hotshot. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, unfortunately, you got the job. Yeah. And my windows were ruined when I got out. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> it's like a wild horse that just kicked in the windows. <laughs> well, I don't carry golf clubs in my car for golf. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, I did bash out all of the windows of your Sonata. Yes. Um. Uh, you know, keyed maybe, maybe some some things I regret into the side of your car, <laughs> and then took off into the late afternoon sun, and then we didn't speak for a year. But you were off writing the movie, and I think that that allowed you to forgive me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, definitely. Um, but overall, you had a nice time in England. It was great. I I uh, I legitimately had an amazing time, and it was like obviously it's an it's insane schedule and like brutal and there's wild things happening every day. But it was, I mean, I feel like I luckily, I, I got to have something to occupy my time during COVID and like I got something that I could actually work on and you got to make a movie. Like it's wild. Like it, it was, uh, and it, like it's cheesy or whatever, but like even I, I went into like a movie theater, you know, you see like Spider-Man or whatever and you just, it, it didn't click until like I was watching Spider-Man in a theater and it's like, oh wait, I wrote one of these. This is so weird. Like this is going to play... In every country that has movies, like you can probably go to like the middle of India or Nepal or Vietnam, I like guess Southeast Asia. I'm focusing on that market. But like you can <laughs> just You have a real personal stake in this a, movie a succeeding zone. in Southeast yeah, I Asia. Really, <laughs> For some reason you've locked very deep into Japan, anywhere. Like but like that kind of hit me where I'm like, whoa, like you because I was so uh claustrophobic with it because I was just I got the job maybe a week or two before COVID even hit so I was just in my apartment writing a movie for like a year before I left over for England right and so like it just I I had it, it just felt like any other job where it just felt like you're writing like a weird short film mm -hmm. <laughs> like it felt like you were <laughs> doing a very odd spec script uh, but now and like and now that I'm back, it feels very strange not to have like a 5 a.m. call and like I don't know. It's it's but it's it's been nice. So you went to England and then were you immediately on set of this movie? Uh, there was like three months of like pre-production. So oh, like you're okay. at the studio, you're on the lot. You know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're designing costumes. Oh yeah, yeah. You're on. <laughs> I'm working. That is actually, I think I sent you photos. This is part of the healing process, me reaching out. Kind of a <laughs> Samantha uh, uh, Carey thing, if you've seen it just like that. I've <laughs> seen the eighth episode and no, the, no more. Oh, can I just say the texting, my favorite thing in that show is the close-ups, like the coverage of Sarah Je Jessica Parker texting Samantha. You can tell she doesn't want to do these scenes. <laughs> it's like her text reacting, like they got maybe one take from her. <laughs> like you can tell. I'll give you one. And like the inside insert shot of Carrie's hand no way in hell that's her hand it's clearly a man's hand yeah. <laughs> I am on team Kim Cattrall like I'm so glad she pulled that that was like, a smart move on oh, her part there was too much Miranda this season there's too much the balance was off 
too much Charlotte. Anyways, but I will uh, say to the listener that Jeff is the heterosexual on this pod, this episode. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, look, I've I've failed my gay duties uh, as far as Sex in the City goes. I've been looped I'll say in. That. I've, I've been looped in by a few people, uh, and and yeah, I, I did end up watching basically all of it, <laughs> and it is. <laughs> wild anyways uh, uh yeah i was there for like three months doing pre-production so it's like i don't know anything from like costume people to i mean honestly just up to the minute script stuff you get to meet the actors you get right. their, their points of views on stuff you get practical things you have like big goggles to do 3d like vr scouts of really sets. yeah how cool. does that work well there's this i mean not to get all technical in the movie stuff, but, but well, like, this is entertainment tonight of course oh, i'm the, mary hart oh the oh what a psychosexual <laughs> thrill to be interviewed and mary hart's like compound estate <laughs> Uh, it's uh, uh, I don't know if you watch The Mandalorian or any of that stuff. There's this new technology called the volume, okay, uh, which is like basically like a living green screen. Basically, like you can actually put up the backgrounds and the cool visual effects that you want in real time. Right, right. Much better for the actors, and then they'll they'll do digital stuff later to make it look better. But it is pretty cool. It reminds me of like an old David Lean, like Matt painting or something in the background or like right. Wizard of Oz, any of that stuff. And is that, it's like also animated and yeah, moving? Yeah, it like, I, it, I had one of those things where I felt like a French person watching that train movie, you know, like it, <laughs> those idiots. It was fools. thought that train was real. <laughs> but there was like a complicated running sequence where like, uh, uh the wasp, the one, uh, very small, she flies around. Right. She's like going through the forest and the camera's moving with her and it tracks on the screen so it just looks like a legitimate shot from the movie, and it's very jarring to have like wow. this gigantic screen moving like a camera. Nauseating. Yeah, it kind of was, <laughs> especially in goggles. I don't recommend throwing an Oculus on your head and jumping into an all CG environment. I truly think that that would probably make me throw up. The metaverse people are just going to be throwing up the first like five <laughs> months. Every business meeting, every. <laughs> Just Mark start. Zuckerberg just found in a pool of his vomit with goggles strapped, strapped to his head. But like they, uh, it was at Pinewood Studios, which is where they shoot all the James Bond movies. And like, there's really cool stuff there. Like, oh, there's a classic car. And then, but then they really, there's too much James Bond memorabilia. Yeah, some of those movies I don't think we need memorabilia they have like, from. They have like dioramas of the Ice Palace from Die Another Day. Right. <laughs> like all the, the late period Pierce Brosnan. There's like a Moonraker costume. Oh, beautiful. Uh, was there any, what other memorabilia was happening there? Was James Bond? Mainly James Bond and a lot of photos. Like there's just, uh, it's oh, like a dry Tom, Tom Cruise and like his long hair, oh. adult braces, 2002 phase, had a very good headshot. Was there a photo of him in braces? Uh, no, no, no. Well, oh. it was, I, but we knew, the like dentist. the discerning eye, if you know that Tom Cruise hairstyle, like, oh, that's when he had the, right, the, of course. the Penelope Cruise braces phase. We need to get a timeline on his braces. How long were... Was he in braces? He definitely did it at the opening of the Oscars after 9-11, <laughs> which is one of my, if you haven't seen the clip. You introduced me to I've, this. Please I send this to you it. about once a year, if not more. <laughs> it is. Two years. Two years. He was in braces, is saying that he was in braces for two full years. It's incredible fact checking. Wow, thank you. That's amazing. That's uh, but, a bad orthodontist, but by like, the way. It's, it's right after 9-11. It's the Oscars after 9-11. This is like February yeah, 2002. Yeah. Billy Crystal's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> he <laughs> may have been involved in 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so it's a very somber opening. Out walks Tom Cruise. Big speech. And this is Tom. I think Cameron Crowe wrote the monologue. <laughs> like, it's a very... Watch it for yourself, but it's a, a long build up, long build up. But then you start to see if you watch closely, it's like, wait, something's wrong with Tom's teeth. <laughs> like, what is this? It's like, is he wearing adult braces at the Oscars? Like, opening? <laughs> is that your phone? Turn it off. Turn it off. Je uh, Jeff, oh, no. Jeff's phone is oh, going no, off. Oh, I want no. the record to show. I'm sorry. I thought that was you. Like, Jeff doing... Loveness. I thought that was your soundboard. <laughs> I thought you were like gassing me. Another way to ice <laughs> That was me. my burp sounds. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, sorry, leave I'll, it in. Annalise, take... leave it in. I'm looking at Annalise and oh, I'm saying leave it in. God damn. Jeff's phone went off. Anyway. but it's One of his many girlfriends calling. Oh. Talking about sex in the city. <laughs> that is, you do have to slowly learn the things. It's, you pick it up along the way. Um, uh, but no, it's just Tom Cruise, adult braces, opening 
like bringing America back after 9-11, the confidence to do this. And it's like the most pregnant pause, the most self-satisfied, smug exhale where he's like, I don't know, like an actor friend was asking me, does this matter? Does what we do matter? Long pause. (laughs) Well, dare I say it more than ever. And the place lights up. He's talking about the movies. He's talking about the movies. And the place like just erupts for Tom Cruise. And he's smiling with the braces. It's like, God damn, he did pull it off. It's an oddly, uh, it's such a weird feeling to watch that video because it is mildly affecting, but also so unbelievably stupid. That, I do love award show like pageantry. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> Wait, is he, he should be hosting this year. Oh, well, we haven't even got, I mean, I assume that's a whole block of the show is Oscar host, Oscar <laughs> theories. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But this, this is, we'll now just get into entirely my love of, of award shows and <laughs> we'll get into the year's picks and, uh, I don't know. I don't have a rhyming word for pick that would be, you know, the non picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that's why this is not picks an entertainment. Picks and non-picks. Picks and non-picks. <laughs> that's not quite. Um, okay, well, Jeff. That's why Leonard Malton put you in the ground. <laughs> when you were tra- that's why you made the pivot to radio. <laughs> My hope was for you to come on this podcast and for me to kind of soft turn it into, uh, you know, an award show picks podcast. And you failed. I failed now and you've embarrassed me. Um, so I guess we should probably talk about something else that's yes, on course. the table. Literally on the table. Jeff, as I said a couple of years ago, you know, we've known each other for years. Yeah, of course. Yeah, a long time. Years and years. We've worked together. We've played together. Uh, we've done it all. And you're familiar with this podcast. Um, you uh, were going to be an early guest, as I said before. Yeah, of course. From the beginning. Yeah. It's called I Said No Gifts. And so, you know, uh-huh. you're... Uh, We've trusted each other. We've obviously we've talked about how we've not trusted each other. Or I felt like we were back on kind of a maybe not completely repaired, yeah, but healing stage of yeah, our relationship. And Your so, hands are shaking. What is going on? <laughs> Wait, what? Um, you know, this is a hard thing for me to come back around to. I mean, at such a sensitive stage in our relationship. You agreed to be on this podcast. I said no gifts uh, a few weeks ago, and I was really excited to kind of just clear the air. Uh, kind of just cut to the chase and get back to what we were before. Yeah, Bridger, I want to make this right. Like, what about, I mean, right. yeah, that's why I, there was, was a, I not supposed to. Look, you, sh- you showed up to my house today. Yeah. This is the first time you've been at my house. Uh, uh, since, since the argument. Since the argument. Yeah. We'll call it an argument, sure. Um, you show up, you kind of wander into my backyard and you're holding a box. And it says on it, to Bridger. Okay, yeah. Kind of a, we'll say it's a blue shoebox. Yeah. What brand are we talking? Is this Asics? I, I think that's an Asics shoebox. Look, Bridger, I, obviously there's been a horrible mistake. Tell me whose ass I need to fire here. <laughs> so Annalise was insistent. I got a lot of misinformation coming out here. Like, you're looking, it's a false flag is what I think. A false flag has been uh, planted. That's fine. Okay, well, I'm, I guess while you're here, you know, podcasts are about clearing the air. They're about getting into old beefs, new beefs. And again, I just wanted this to be a, a space for guys to be guys. And so I'm just going to ask you, is this a gift for me? You know, the old Jeff would have lied. He would have sure. tried to save your feelings. He, um, this is an honest Jeff. Yes, it is a gift for you. Okay. Well, that, it's nice to hear you making a step forward personality wise. So, uh, okay. So you've admitted the truth and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I do feel like I'm in a place right now that I can accept this information without a complete freak out. Yeah. I just want to clear the air with you, man. Look, like you are one of my dearest friends. You deserve a guy. Can't just wait. That's what being a guy's all about is getting your little buddy a gift when he doesn't expect it. Okay. So, okay. That's, that's a guy move. Do you have that soundboard? Do you have guy move ready to go? <laughs> guy move. Uh, I'm going to rewind the tape a little bit here and you're already nagging me little buddy. Wow. So I'm, I'm feeling, yeah. I'm feeling insulted. Game I'm feeling game. diminished. Uh, sure. You're seven feet tall. I'm three foot six. Uh, I get it, Jeff. Uh, you know, it's nice to hear you admit some 
to be honest for a minute, but then to immediately attack my stature mm. is a little gross. <laughs> um, this will be released publicly, obviously. So people will be able to make, they're going to be able to listen to both sides here and take away what they want. Do you want me to open the gift here on the podcast? Uh, Honestly, yes, because I think I think this is something that can heal us. I think this can move us forward. It's something that I think you specifically have been kind of hinting at for a long time. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, go for it. I wouldn't be surprised if I opened this to like a a poisonous snake, you know, Kill Bill style, just snatching me in the face, and then you watch me die. But uh, it's rather heavy. This is a very heavier than I thought. (laughs) Bricks or something. Okay, I'm gonna open. Well, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna open the box here. It's the shoe box, as I said. Now we've got the. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) What? This is exciting. There are two items in this box. I just caught a glimpse of the second. Because I've missed. I've missed things. I thought I would double up and give you the two things you want the most. So first of all. This is the first time I've seen a box of this product since about 1994. It's Capri Sun Strawberry Kiwi. They're classic flavor. Absolutely. I don't know. That they, I think they may have had a tropical flavor. Or oh yeah, but no, it was always Kiwi Straw. That's the one. That's the one yes. you want. Um, okay, we've got. There is another box in here. Another item in here. But let's get in. Should we get into the Capri Sun of first? Of course. Yes. Okay. This is extremely heavy. It's it's, it's it's gotten heavier over the years. I mean, it's 30% less sugar at this point. They weigh number down one, with lead at the bottom. Number one kid's favorite juice drink. Look, um, I, look, I just thought, you know, we're both busy professionals. Sometimes in Hollywood, you lose sight of the joy. You lose sight <laughs> of that childhood joy. And I thought, well, what's something that can bring Bridger specifically back to childhood? <laughs> something to make him become the child again. And I thought, well, a delicious snack. He doesn't take care of himself, for God's sake. <laughs> When's the last time someone handed Bridger a nice little treat? A sugary juice. Absolutely. Jeff, when was the last time you had a Capri Sun? Uh, a while ago. And to be honest, I almost took these out and had one <laughs> before I gave I think, it to you. <laughs> I think we should take them out now. Oh. I think because first of all, uh, I want to... have impenetrable pouch. Yeah, I want to see if they're still doing that extremely... <laughs> um, Difficult. Yeah, it looks like it's still. I cannot believe this is oh. still packaging. It looks like. Thank you, Annalise. Annalise was holding the mic while I was opening the box. It's still in this bizarre space age. <laughs> yeah, it's like a ration. Right. Yeah, this is something that you, you know, you're uh, desperate in Korea. It's 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Korean War is waging. Is that time period? Am I getting I believe correct? so. 50 to 53. Um, and then you've got this thing that's almost impossible to get into, but you're so thirsty that you'll do anything. And then it's got this violent motion. We're both going to get in here. Yeah, it gives you the killing instinct as a child. Yes. Like the moment when you could turn back and you don't. <laughs> this straw could have gone into one it's, of my it's peers' the- eyes. <laughs> um, Before you take a sip, just, you know, you're eight years old. Boy, what would you like to do in life? Maybe do comedy? Maybe have a <laughs> hit global podcast? <laughs> it's a... Uh, did you get right into it? I got right. Oh, okay, man. I'm putting the I mic didn't down. miss a step. Sometimes I would get desperate enough to like cut it open with a knife. Just kind of gnaw like, into it like a little mouse. <laughs> okay. This is my first sip of a Capri Sun. Just feel the soccer field. Probably in 20 years. Feel that see. grass allergy. <laughs> Actually, probably more than 20 years. 25 Long years. Time. There we go. It tastes exactly the same. Mm. They've done nothing to change the formula other than saying, I think they did get in trouble at some point for having too much sugar because there was the period. Poisoned all those kids. When they poisoned. <laughs> there was kind of that national panic when. <laughs> kids dropping dead on <laughs> yeah, the soccer just everywhere. Field. Elementary schools full of just children poisoned by Capri Sun. Uh, I guess legally we should say that's probably not true. No, no. You know, I don't need Capri Sun's lawyers. They will. They've done it before and they'll do it again. <laughs> I just got out of a lawsuit with Capri Sun. <laughs> Can't do it again. We're, so where were you? Were you drinking Capri Suns like on the soccer field? You were like a, team sports sort of I thing? I mean, it was, it was that, but it was also, you know what? I, I didn't even think about this. Like 
it was something I had with my one friend. I'm from a town of like 200 people in the very middle of nowhere in California. I had one friend who like had a stocked refrigerator, like his, his mom, I think shopped a lot and got a lot of like snacks and all those things. And they had like an extra refrigerator with like Pepsi in the garage, mm-hmm. like one of those families. Fancy. He had a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and he had a, he always had Capri Sun and we would just like, I remember specifically like Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2 came out. Oh, sure. And that was, just, game. that was just a wild ride. But when I was in like pretty like the, the darker, not the darker, but like, you know, the tense parts of making this movie and stuff or deadlines or things are going off the rails or whatever. Like I did have this little trick where I'm like, you know what? Like think back to like you're playing Spider-Man 2. You got a Capri Sun. Like try to hit that like almost like elemental brain sugar chemistry of like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> like you'll figure out the line for Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, you'll, he's big and small, and maybe he does something over here. Like, it's great. Like, it it actually was like this grounding mechanism for me. I didn't put that together. Oh, I think that's a uh, a wonderful thing that I almost never do, which is uh, take any mo. How much gratitude? Appreciate yeah. any mo. How much gratitude are you practicing? Analyze? Absolutely. How no. much gratitude you can even. Oh, she's she's shaking her head. Yeah, that's not good. Some of us aren't as grateful as Jeff Lubner. So now you've come on <laughs> to kind of make us all feel like I'm doing deeply the hard ungrateful. pivot, like a sex criminal who then becomes about like radical acceptance or something <laughs> like his meditation <laughs> journey. Or, <laughs> now, this is actually a question I'm interested in. Would your parents pack you lunch for school or would you have a school lunch? Uh, I was a little bit of both. Uh, sometimes there would be. Yeah, like a little sandwich or something, but mostly I think there was school lunch and I worked in the snack bar to get out of sitting anywhere. (laughs) Right. I was always in the library or the snack bar (laughs) volunteering. (laughs) (laughs) Looking back, that may be the saddest detail. Like like I did not eat lunch with anyone. Friends with all of the teachers. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, can we just say a minute? Like the simp, can we appreciate the high school librarian who like knows you're a loser and is kind oh, and is course. like kind to you. That is someone who needs like a medal or a statue. Like the the fact of like it's un it's too sad to say out loud. Why don't you go sit with your friends? Like she knows mm-hmm. and it's just like oh how are you today? Like a very like that's the only lifeline you've got. <laughs> right. That's kind of, they're kind of a benevolent God in that situation. Really they're are. kind of hovering over and looking down at, and I'm sure her life isn't going too great either. Oh, so like you yeah, are the school this librarian <laughs> addicted to drugs, <laughs> doing everything, everything they can to just get back on track yeah. and they can't. So now they're befriending children. Exactly. But this is, this is my way of saying Bridger, take a minute to just like become the child again. Okay. And for me, it's also like, uh, the carpet of Barnes and Noble. I would oh, like, interesting. I would sit on the, my, uh, my mom was working at Walmart, which is a little bit further away. So there's a, there's a Barnes and Noble and I would just sit there and read like comics and all that stuff all day, like hours after school. Right. And that was a good way to like also ground me in it where I'm like, ah, you know what? Like, this is something yeah, like feel the feel the Barnes and Noble carpet on your hands. Like that's your field of wheat. You're, I'm trying to think <laughs> as you're returning home from war. Uh, I'm trying to remember the Barnes and Noble carpet, but I can't. I remember more the tile of the magazine section. Ah, sure, sure, sure. You know, go well, there. It, it exists not to create a memory in your mind. <laughs> like it's the absence of a carpet. Barnes and Noble, they're still in business. They are. They're I went still, there a few weeks ago. Was uh, at, which location? At, uh, the Grove. The Grove, okay. I went, I went to see a film at The Grove. Uh, right. It was nearby. I didn't right. go there specifically. <laughs> and I had a little bit of time to kill, so I, I jumped into a Barnes & Noble. And that's a three-level. It's a three-level, yeah. It uh, doesn't need to be. There's a yeah. lot of... They, 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 they have very uh, generous, like, puzzle layouts. <laughs> and, like, a lot of, a lot of uh, hard media. Yeah, and I feel like that first floor is almost completely CD. inessential. CDs. Right. <laughs> selling yes. CDs. Uh, yeah, magazine CDs and then a couple, I guess they have the tables for the hot reads or the seasonal reads. And they probably use that to clear out when they're having a book signing. I think so, yeah. You know, when Jenny McCarthy's they, there. Straight in the trash. All the, uh, they throw all the, <laughs> the beach reads in the trash. 
Yeah, I was a, a pretty frequent Barnes & Noble customer, or at least browser, right. not, never really buying the books. It's like the only corporation I have, like, sympathy. I don't know. I have, I have an odd, like, connection to that. It feels like you're going to watch the Titanic go down. Right. And, and you actually went on an earlier voyage of the t- Titanic that got you across safely. <laughs> so you're like... <laughs> sad that it's sinking well i mean every giant corporation from basically 1998 to 2005 now feels unbelievably quaint yeah yeah it's like your sick grandmother right (laughs) you're gonna fall in the shower one day yes um yeah the other question i was gonna ask you just culturally i'm curious uh i don't even know if this is i guess it's more regional would Mm -hmm. you call we would call school lunch hot lunch and lunch you brought to school cold lunch have you ever heard them heard of that oh, i don't think i've uh, it rings a bell but I, I can't say with any i think hot lunch was the usual thing uh i never heard cold lunch cold I lunch. lunch home lunch or lunch from home i don't know yeah, i can't quite I block, lunch, I block that time sack out. lunch <laughs> yeah i'm interested in that regionally i need somebody to do a whole map one of those maps you see on buzzfeed that right. says if you grew up in your uh, top porn searches yeah <laughs> 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 And also hot lunch, <laughs> cold lunch. <laughs> Leave uh, Minnesota alone. <laughs> um, okay, so we've talked Capri Sun. I do want to, I, I guess we should get into what's happening next in this box. Of course, yeah. Uh, um, do you have anything left to say about Capri Sun? I'm, I'm no, leaving the I just want you gates to en- open. I just want you to enjoy it. It's a beautiful hot day. It's a, uh, I could be out, you know, kicking the ball around. Yeah, absolutely. I just want, in a, anytime you get a little caught up in the, in the success, the gold microphone gets a little heavy. <laughs> I want you to remember 12 year old Bridger. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm willing to Sucking try. it down. I, this uh, sweet, sweet Capri Sun. <laughs> and then throw it directly just, into the ocean. <laughs> That's where it belongs. I do wonder what this is. I mean, it it can't be good in any way for the environment. Like they, have not upgraded, they have not updated the packaging. It doesn't packaging. look recyclable at all. It doesn't even indicate where you should throw this away. It's kind of like an odd hybrid between aluminum and plastic, it which like makes it feel like... nuclear waste almost. You right. cannot get rid of it. And I, I, I mean, let's see the paper. Yeah, the pouch, the uh, the box is very explicit here. It says, "Sure, recycle the box." But the pouch, <laughs> the pouch has a giant cross through it. It's like, "Do not recycle." <laughs> it says, "Sure." Does it really? No, no, it doesn't. Oh, I, I would love if it did. It says, uh, "Take directly to the forest and just bury." Um, but yeah, so they they have some. Some steps they need probably should take. I mean, the fact that this company still exists and I also, oh, I guess it's part of the uh, the Kraft Heinz Foods Company. Mm. So Kraft uh, Heinz, you're on watch. The ketchup family is making Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa Heinz Carey, I'm mm. reaching out. I'm saying get this <laughs> package recyclable. It's uh, the least you could do. Okay, let's get into the box here. I got a hint of what's happening. But oh, of I, course. Uh, I caught a glimpse it's <laughs> so I did see Da Vinci Code, and now I'm seeing that this is in fact the audio book. Yeah, this is like a I think it's 14 compact disc audio book of the Da Vinci Code. Uh, I saw it at a bookstore. I just thought of you. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's it. It's an adventure. It's a thrill ride. I know. I know you like to ask questions. <laughs> I know you know you're a freak for Ron Howard. So like it all kind of made sense. Also, the box to me. Like someone ripped this out of someone's hand. It's been taped. <laughs> it looks like a true. I mean, what could this have possibly gone through? I, I don't know. It's a thrill ride. Uh, there's exclusive interviews with the screenwriter, Da Vinci Code. Uh, there's bonus. Fee- yeah, Dan Brown goes on and talks about symbols. Uh, you know, I just thought I want to give you a story. You're a writer as well. And I thought, you know, if you're like me, you're a little drained right now. You've emptied the tank. <laughs> And when's the last time you just played? <laughs> when's the I, last time you just let a master you you all you have to do is hit play and let the master he's a clockmaker. <laughs> if nothing else, Dan Brown is a clockmaker. He's a, a master of suspense. He you know every detail is carefully planned and laid out in such a way that you will be thrilled and also. Uh, you're going to learn some things about the Catholic Church that oh. may or may not have been completely fabricated. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the the condition of this, what I'm picturing is that, you know, a Catholic priest wanted to hear it, but Tried didn't it. want... <laughs> 
uh, his fellow priests know. So he's been keeping it under his pillow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eventually, it was discovered. There, a fight ensued. Violent struggle. Yeah, there right. are signs of a struggle. Here. <laughs> yes. What is the head priest called at Pope? a monastery? <laughs> oh, or we're talking about monks oh, here. Uh, the arch, the archbishop. I don't no, know. This is where my ignorance of the Catholic I, church. All I know comes. is pastor and youth pastor. Right. <laughs> Those are the two. They're like Sith Lords. They can only be two of them at any Protestant church. Yeah. Neither of us is uh, steeped in uh, the Catholic uh, tradition. The friar. The, oh, I don't, I have no idea. The yeah, only friar Robin I can Hood. imagine is a, a and a specific, the animated uh, who's like a mole or something Um, friar but yeah this definitely was somebody thought that they were going to get the full story while still posing as a member high-ranking member of the Catholic Church. It was discovered. This could have been pried from the the Pope's hands himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) I like the Pope (laughs) with 14 compact discs (laughs) just enthralled he has his little discman. He's quite he's like see, secretly listening to it at night, and then an army of nuns just pours in, yeah, yeah. rips it from his hands. Have you ever read the Da Vinci Code? I never have. No, so I would love to have that. After <laughs> you. Okay, I can tell you hate it. You let's know, just say it on the tape. You hate it. You hate my gifts. <laughs> You've never. I, you, I mean, I would I would ask for a receipt after the episode usually, um, but uh, I'm I'm happy to have it now because these are what? both going back to the store. There is no receipt. You just tell me <laughs> what to sign on the fucking check, Bridger. Okay, I, you just want money for it. I, I mean, I assume. I, okay, so the Da Vinci Code was. It says right here. Also, uh, clearly, you should have taken off the sticker. It was five dollars. Well, look on the I back. Assume says, that Capri Sun was what two hundred dollars, forty four ninety five value. Okay, sure. Canadian dollars, sixty seven ninety five. <laughs> I would have. I would have appreciated if you had paid msrp on this but you obviously wanted to buy it used you don't care about me uh you go to the grocery store you get the capri sun who knows how many coupons you use to get this i mean it's obviously like a bulk box you probably bought it at costco i'm gonna guess i don't know somewhere between 40 and eight eighty dollars <laughs> um Back to the Da Vinci Code. I did read the Da Vinci Code uh, when it first came out. I was, you know, I was swept up. Hey, were you rocked? In the, like, what's it, what is it about? Well, every chapter is a page. <laughs> okay. So that's the first thing you need to know about the Da Vinci Code. So it, it's, that is every. 900 chapters <laughs> long. 900 chapters long and 40 pages uh, in 40 pages. No, it's, um, I think every author, that is one little lesson that they could all take from Dan Brown. Regardless of how it affects the reading experience, you should break your book down into two-page max chapters Mm -hmm. because the sense of accomplishment makes you feel incredible. It's like, I'm powering through this thing. Uh, I've read 50 pages and it's only been 20. I mean, I've read 50 chapters. It's been 20 minutes. Give me the baby. I love a, like, I love after you've maybe made it through a modest chapter and then the next chapter is like, a page and go, oh, an extra, oh. and then you got an extra three pages on the read. It like, oh, feels amazing. I read Seventy pages today. <laughs> a chapter that's you know fifty pages. That's a tough hill to climb. I don't like it. Yeah, especially when they like no paragraph breaks. If they Ooh. do like the Virginia Wolf style, right. kind of all the way down, it's tough. I don't like a challenge. I think that's what it comes <laughs> down to. Uh, but Dan Brown is kind of a friend to the reader in mm. making these chapters that are not only extremely short. They're, you know, probably third grade reading level. <laughs> um, so, again, Dan Brown, you're doing an incredible job. You've Well, here's the thing. I'm hearing a lot of judgment. Uh, you've read the book. You've never <laughs> listened to the book. You've never heard it brought to life. I'm sure they probably got Tom Hanks to do a quick, you know. Oh, a nice intro. I'm sure there's think? a track, at least, where he's saying you're listening to the Da Vinci Code. Well, probably seems, sings the theme song yeah, or something. <laughs> And, and it's read by Paul Michael, who's performed in oh, a variety Paul's of great. plays, oh, Paul, including great. Macbeth, heard of it, uh-huh. and The Wizard of Oz, heard of it. There's <laughs> a play of that? Uh, he's also appeared on television in Alias, as well as several British sitcoms. So he's no fool. Um, and it looks like there's an official website that is not DaVinciCode.com. It's so dark, the con of man.com. What? What? <laughs> um, what I assume, and you know, I read Da Vinci Code. Uh, I don't know. It's it's been 18 years or something. I don't remember, but I have to believe that that's something that happens in the book. Mm. I'm sure somebody says so dark, the con of man then runs off into the shadows. Right. Um, 
I was told, I can't remember who, I, you know, I saw the first Da Vinci Code movie for whatever reason, did not enjoy myself, but somebody told me the second or third movie involves the Pope jumping out of a helicopter. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no, I haven't. What does he do? Why? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where he's headed. I don't know what's happening. And now just even bringing that up, I feel like I need to watch the it's movie. It's not like a, it's not like Tom Cruise with a mask is the Pope. Doing like a th- <laughs> like, it's not a cold open for Mission Impossible. It's the actual <laughs> voice of Christ on earth. <laughs> The Pope rips his mask off and jumps out of a helicopter. I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing about Dan Brown is anything can happen. <laughs> that's his promise. Um, it's a threat. <laughs> anything can happen in this book. <laughs> have you read a, have you ever, I mean, you're an excellent reader and with excellent taste and you're always reading good things, but have you read any trash? Uh, I should, I don't know. Even no, as like a kid I've, or teen. Um, uh, I read uh, when I was uh, being raised very, very Christian. I read The Left Behind for Teens. Oh. Uh, which is like teens in the rapture. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I read like 12 of the books. Oh, they're addictive, I imagine. I, yeah. Did you read a lot of like Christian themed stuff when you were a kid? Like, no. I, it was always like I had like Breakaway Teen Magazine. Did you ever have that? <laughs> no. Like. Just a magazine begging you not to have sex, basically. <laughs> the most, like, the worst magazine sales strategy. Um, no, like, within Mormon culture, it's very, uh, despite it being a Christian religion, it's not really in the Christian pop culture space. They, gotta, yeah, they, don't have a lot, little, they haven't really commercialized it. They well, they really... have in ways. They have something called, like, the living scriptures, which is, like, poorly animated versions of like Bible and Book oh, okay. of Mormon sure, sure, stories sure, sure. that they sell at the mall. I was, you know, the, honestly, the, I'm glad I listened to the James Austin Johnson episode. I was going to get you a delightful Christian book. I had it on the shelf <laughs> oh. ready to go. <laughs> well, I mean, that just speaks to how many of us have been touched by the world of strange Christianity books and uh, just trying to keep teen wild teens, teens are yeah, yeah out like, of the bedroom. <laughs> Uh, they want to have as many people having sex at 32 as possible. <laughs> 18 or 32 is the... But, uh, yeah, I think we've... Uh, I think it's probably time to play a game. Of course. You know, um, let's play Gift Master. Okay. Uh, I need a number between 1 and 10 for you. Two. Oh, I like a nice tight two. So I have to do some light calculating on my computer. You have the microphone. Uh-huh. You can promote, recommend, sing, do whatever you want. I'll be right back. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. What are some things I like? Uh, read a book, uh, Secondhand Time, uh, an oral history of the Soviet Union. Very good. Very informative. All stations of life. Fascinating period. Uh, I think Patricia Lockwood's uh, No One Is Talking About This Novel. Very good. Very good modern novel. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, probably going to come out in like a year and a half. Maybe I'll be dead. If so, honor my memory. Make sure they have like, <laughs> they, they make sure they memorialize me like three times through the movie. Um, I don't know. I mean, like Bridger's got a show. Uh, I guess he's talking about that. And it's very, you know, in the after party, very good show. Uh, I'm just trying to eat less salt. Um, failing. <laughs> sweet potatoes are really good, but it's not. You eat so many sweet potatoes. Nothing hits that salty crunch, though, of that pizza. <laughs> it's hard. I just feel I, like when I picture you in your apartment eating a sweet potato, I feel like you're like kind of, uh, you know, like putting coal into the stove. Yeah, you're... I don't know why I live the way I do. <laughs> my apartment is fully slanted, like things roll down it. <laughs> you're constantly climbing uphill in your own apartment. My parking space scrapes my car. I, <laughs> I don't have enough trash bins. I, I, I just live in filth. I you've live in to, squalor. <laughs> you've got to treat yourself a little better. I mean, when I'm treating myself better than someone, I know that they're not treating themselves very well. Something is wrong. Something's yeah. deeply wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff, this, this game is gift master. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to name three gifts, three potential items you can give away, uh, experiences, whatever, you know, we know how the world of gifting works. And then I'm going to name three famous people, celebrities, uh, and you're going to tell me which gift you'll give which person and why. Okay. Does that make any sense makes, at all? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. I'm a student of the show <laughs> <laughs> and of life. Um, okay, the gifts you'll be giving today are, first up, we have just a nice gift that anyone would appreciate, a baby grand piano. Baby. <laughs> Classy, uh, you know, that mirror surface, black, it's gorgeous, it fits in any home, it's the baby. 
Um, okay, next up, you've got uh, this is uh, it's a gift, and I think it, someone could appreciate it. Oh yes, a question. Do I ask questions after? Do you go through all three? You can ask should... it. Th- th- this game is all over the okay, place. Baby grand piano. Just to clarify, when they say baby, like is an actual like an adult can use it, or is this like Muppet size, <laughs> like something that like. Kind of like a, Schroeder a would blank, play on Yeah, is it like a Brown. blank check piano kind now, of thing? <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong, but a baby grand piano is kind of the queen-sized bed of pianos. Okay. where it's so like, this is, yeah. I, I believe a grand piano is apparently enormous. I don't know that room. I've ever encountered one. Yeah. Maybe at the symphony. Or, well, do they have a piano at the symphony? <laughs> Again, I'm such an ignorant... I think they do, yeah. Um, it's got to be there, at least, <laughs> like if they need it. Right, in case there's an emergency. Uh, baby grand, I think, is more that piano, but for the home. Okay, so it's the smart piano. It's, it's the smart the, piano. Yeah, yeah, it's the... <laughs> It tracks your blood pressure, how many steps you took during the Someone day. Someone listening just had a horrible idea <laughs> come across. The smart piano. It'll start your oven for you. Uh, no, baby grand piano is just a slightly smaller version of the grand. Okay. What you're great. describing, this Muppet baby style thing, I think that that's probably called a toy piano. Okay. Yeah, of course. I'm glad um, I asked. Okay. Then next, uh, this gift is more towels than they need. So it's, you know, initially probably nice. Uh, They're getting some towels, but then there are only so many towels a person can own. I'm currently in this situation right now. You have too too many towels? I I have something like eight towels, and I'm just, that's not, that's too many. And I so feel that's the one area of your life where you have kind of an abundance. I accidentally Amazon basics too many towels <laughs> over, and they're, none of them are good. I'm stuck with them. What you're describing is a roll of paper towels. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, okay, so more towels than they need. And finally, this is a little less conventional, more of an experience and something from the heart. Your hand in marriage. Wow. So this person will be marrying you. Okay. Um, okay and these Do they the, want to? <laughs> but that's up to you. Okay, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, this could be kind of a Victorian era style thing where two unwilling parties right. end up in a marriage. Marriage of con- convenience. Yes, of uh, course. Secret. And uh, keep that in mind while you, you think about these people. Number one uh, is extremely famous. You know, he's in lots of commercials. He's <laughs> guest hosting Shark Tank. Kevin Hart. Uh-huh. Okay. Number two, we love her despite her friendship with Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster. Okay. She's tried to kind of yeah. pull Mel into the spotlight yeah. over and over. We don't know why. Yeah. But she's been great. She's, uh, you know, she's inspired uh, assassination attempts. <laughs> Uh, she's done it all. I mean, she is truly a triple threat. And finally, this is a group of people, Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> okay. So that's, I don't know how many people are, the Scottish band, Bell and Sebastian. I think there are probably five to six people in this band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are they still around? They're still around. Okay. They're still kicking it. Right. <sighs> okay. Um. <laughs> Jeff is sweating. He's just freaking out. <laughs> Uh, I would offer, I mean, I feel Kevin Hart's got to have enough towels. He has, he has, he does the workout apps as well. Right. He's very fit. Uh, is he a musician? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I feel he needs to do something that he, you know what? Much like the Capri Sun, mm-hmm. you know, he's a very talented man. He's right. a hardworking guy. He's in a lot of stuff. Seems like maybe he's stuck on the train of success. Okay, sure. Maybe he needs something to just take a step back, have a Capri Sun, mm-hmm. remember why he got into all this. You know, right. Maybe slow it down a little bit. Maybe you don't have to do all the Nike run training apps or the, you know, like the commercials where you're in like a bucket of ice or something. Like, <laughs> we get it. Like you're a funny guy. You work hard. Like I would maybe give him the baby grand. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. Oh, Sebastian, they play piano. They know it. They, they know. probably got, have a piano lying around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay, so Kevin Hart's getting a baby grand piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this is, this, I, you know, like, there's a word. If, okay, look, if this was the 70s, Jodie Foster, very brave, you know, very pioneering, very incredible actress, had some secrets in her life, has identity things that she deals with. Uh, hard, probably grown up. I would be willing in the 80s or something to, like, offer her my hand. I would be, like, her shield basically <laughs> like i would i would be her husband in like the 80s that everyone knows like oh yeah okay. you would be her beard i would be her beard yeah you'd be jody foster's I would show up, beard i mean and she would beard. treat me well i would go <laughs> i would go to the oh you'd be best of friends the premieres i'd meet anthony hopkins mm-hmm. i would go to silence of the lambs premieres right and then of course i mean screaming fights every night <laughs> furious screaming fights she would make flight plan about me. <laughs> like she would 
the beaver or whatever. I would tell oh, her that beaver. Mel's bad for her, and she would freak out. Yeah, even a dear friend. She's very loyal. She to has a fault. some blind spots with Mel. Lo- loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would call Mel Gibson out with my own tape, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I would offer. I mean, and then we'd divorce, we'd separate. Years later, we'd see each other at a party, and it would actually be this warm like. How are you? Like, <laughs> there's so much I want to like. Me too. Like, and we sit and we're and now we're dear friends. But in like you know '79 through about '93 or so, I was sort of like there for her when she needed me. Some real ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can really picture Jody at a party doing kind of a, a very clipped. Hey. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost <You're>... physical <laughs> abuse. Uh, she's, she's that good. Yeah, Jody. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, so you've got one thing left then. I mean, there's a lot in Bella. I assume they all live in the same house together. Yeah. <laughs> like they're a beautiful all... Scottish uh-huh. manor. Uh huh. I think give them more towels than they need. I mean, like, how many towels are we talking about? I mean, they're sweaty, sweaty Scottish rock stars. <laughs> they're going through a towel every 10 minutes, I think. <laughs> like a guitar at a concert. There's, <laughs> I never got that. So many guitars coming in. Oh, the guitars. When you get to that point when you just have people standing off stage holding a tuned guitar. And here's the thing. I know I was talking big and saying, oh, I have too many towels, you know, trying to kind of connect to the material. <laughs> you know... It's a it's a safety thing. I never th- I used to I used to be like a two towel guy. Right. And suddenly, much like with, you know, Sex the City or whatever, I've learned from outside perspectives like, yeah, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> I should not live like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of uh, and just like that, a rumor I heard was that Sarah Jessica Parker brought all of her own pillows to set. <laughs> Don't know. If I can't confirm that. Uh, that is a rumor. I have to say. It is a lot of pillow acting this year. Yeah, there's a lot of grief. There's okay. a lot of like lounging and in, 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 you know the, the the husband death stuff. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of pillows, a lot of faces on pillows. Um, okay, you did an excellent job. Thank you thank you. I mean, too many towels for Bell and Sebastian is probably looking like four hundred towels. <laughs> now this is the final segment of the podcast. This is called "I Said No Emails." Mm-hmm. The listener writes into "I Said No Gifts" at gmail dot com. They have a question. It's usually a problem. I have to deal with it. I ask humbly for the guests to help me. Absolutely. If you're willing to do a little service project for the next few minutes or so, I think we would all appreciate Absolutely it. Absolutely. No, okay. Let me read this. It says, Dear Bridger and most honorable slash disobedient guest. So they're getting into some adjectives there. Uh-huh, that little tricks. Yeah. Um, bah, 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 bah. Let's see. I need some help coming up with a group gift idea for a dear friend's upcoming graduation. My friend Mel, male, 40, went back to school at a later age in life and quickly became the glue to an amazing friend group. The rest of us are in our mid-twenties. After undergrad, Mel moved to Colorado for work, and it's rare that we see each other as the rest of us scattered throughout California. I'm getting a feeling the group has kind of trying to get away from Mel. Um, About 10 of us will be making the... Okay. We'll be making the trek to, de- to Denver come mid-May for Mel's graduation, and he will be receiving his master's degree in finance. We all want to collectively get a gift for him that will show him how much he means to us and how proud we are of him. Any assistance would be greatly appreciated. He, okay, and he is a fan of good tequila, the Dodgers, the 49ers, and is also a pretty solid DJ. I'm sorry for the length, but not really as they are all important details. Okay, then don't apologize. Uh, thank you, Adrena. Adrena and her mid-20s, her kind of Gen Z friends, have become friends with this uh, late-age millennial who I'm suspicious of immediately. Yeah, and also, when's the last time you had a friend group of 10 people that went anywhere? Like, they're going halfway across the country <laughs> My feeling is they all worked at Starbucks together, and he was the manager. Okay, that's the only well, time ten com- people that's know not, he's not there to be your friend. <laughs> that's that's a compromising position right there. It's a power imbalance. A huge. I mean, we've got an age difference. Not only is there an age gap discourse to be had here, right? There's a power balance. He could have offered assistant manager to any of these people, and he didn't. He probably did before know. fleeing to Colorado mm-hmm. and the rest of them scattering the finance capital of America, <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> Colorful Colorado. Um, so what do we get? Uh, you know, I mean, I, first of all, I'm going to say an age appropriate friend. Okay. Mel could use a single person in his life who is in his 40s. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, the fact that he's hanging out with, with all the, this TikTok house. <laughs> no, now I'm, I'm now actually seeing they were probably in a Beverly Hills mansion. They all travel together. Yeah, they're always shirtless. <laughs> he was demanding, you know, you got to up the production of these videos. We've they're putting gotta... out 12 videos a day. <laughs> Complicated prank videos. <laughs> And then obviously it kind of folded. They didn't get the traction on social media that they it's needed. So hard. It's so hard. It's very hard to break through at this point. There's so much noise in that space um, that when you're a male with your 10, 23 year olds, <laughs> um, it's pr- you're you're kind of a it's an uphill battle. Is he? I feel like Mel's almost paying for them. He's like trafficking them. <laughs> like, no one travels in a group of 10. He's. I feel he's offered to like, oh, come out, like come out to Denver. <laughs> right. And they're walking into a trap. Suddenly they, they get his address. It's another mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are like, I, I, forget, I forget her name, but she is walking into a trap. And you're, you're leading your friends. This is a new Donner party. You're going to be eating each other to get out of this guy's clutches. A Donner party within the within a TikTok house. <laughs> all they have is like Diet Mountain Dew and uh, salt uh, saltines. They're in too good of shape. Like they have no body <laughs> fat to survive. He needs them cut. <laughs> so they just... He needs them cut and beautiful, and uh, they're spending all the money on teeth bleach. I mean, I feel the gift is just showing up with 10 oh, of your buddies to after cheer. After what you've been through? To cheer out. I mean, what do you get a 40-year-old man? Oh. Besides another chance. <laughs> besides a heavy hand on the shoulder saying, I'm sorry, this is it. I think that that's the perfect gift another for chance. Mel. Yeah, another chance. They've all 10... Flights have been purchased. They don't know what they're going into here. We have someone who was obviously a DJ at some point and is still trying to be, despite going back to college. I've always said that 40-year-olds make the best DJs. <laughs> they really... 40-year-olds in Colorado. Well, now I'm thinking he's using these hip 20-somethings as kind of a music suggestion He's farm. a leech. Yeah, he's like, he's emailing, hey, have you heard any good songs recently? Because right. he can't keep up with no, the, no, 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 with no, whatever's no. happening. And so then they send him the suggestions. He uses that money to pay to play his sets at various clubs around. Hey, look, he's getting a master's in finance. This is a man who's basically addicted to online gambling. <laughs> <laughs> this is a man who's in deep debt. Any gift you give him, he's going to turn it to, I mean, he's going to ask for more. Right. He's going to give you a sob story when you get there. I think just be prepared. I now, I mean, now that we're just saying it, I think Adrena, the gift here is cancel those flights. Just let Mel, you've got to let this person off the hook or let him let you off the hook more like it because he is this is a pattern of behavior that will not stop until you stop it you and your friends have been manipulated uh you've been used you're still paying the debt on that mansion um send him a text that says congrats and so it has that sort of effect it has like that confetti (laughs) you get the animated effect effect. he's 40 it's gonna be like he saw that french movie with the train he does not (laughs) understand it he's gonna be squealing like an ape who saw a space shuttle <laughs> and that's that's the gift i love it adrena uh, consider your problem solved i don't want to hear about it again uh i don't want to emailed you 40 <laughs> times <laughs> she's called <laughs> i've gotten at least two physical letters from her <laughs> Um, and the fact that you're trying to kind of draw me into this Mel thing, I cannot be the bridge between you and Mel anymore. Uh, take care of your own problems. Jeff, this is the end of the podcast. Um, I'm, I've got, you know, for my soccer team, uh, now eight pouches that I can, uh, two kids are probably going to miss out on Mm -hmm. a drink. Uh, we're going to have a dehydrated, uh, nine-year-old couple of those and their parents can deal with that. Um, but, or maybe I'll just drink all these drinks at home and try to, as we said, get back into childhood. Absolutely. Reclaim Revisit those innocent days. Um, as I've said, I have been trying to get back into the closet. And so this might be a step towards that getting back into that period when I was, you know, deep, abject (laughs) (laughs) self-abandonment. And then I have the Da Vinci Code to keep me company, kind of like the priest or pope who was listening to this very audio set. The way you said, like, I didn't know that, like, you know, chapters were a page long. That must be so annoying as an audio book. Like, every (laughs) chapter, like, every 30 seconds you hear a ding. Chapter (laughs) 12. Like, hard reset.
Oh, I'm so excited about all of this, and uh, thank you for being here. Oh, Bridger, you are the funniest person that I know, and oh, it's, a, God it's a delight to be on here and to see the journey you've been on. <laughs> it's only going to be up from here. I'm <laughs> taking Rush Limbaugh's throne. <laughs> Listener, uh, this is the end of the podcast as usual. I'm kind of releasing you back into the wild, uh, throwing the fish back into the lake, whatever analogy suits you best. Um, I want you to take care of yourself for the next week. I can't always be there for you. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All my love. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do, considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. But I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home 